0: Back to rate that album. Back and forth album review between myself, Joseph fremming and my good friend Paul Muadi. Paul,
1: how is that cheeseburger and new Rolling Stone? Uh, you know, I- I'm just waiting to go to the wrecking ball so I can go dance.
0: <laughs> yeah, this week, uh, because uh he's in the news right now for uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> you know, upsetting the apple cart with Spotify. We're doing Freedom by Neil Young, an album that kind of basically was a big comeback album for him in the uh, late eighties after a decade of, uh, uh, well, we'll get into it as we talk, but first I think the elephant in the room is so Neil Young pulls, uh, asked Spotify to pull his music Mm -hmm. because, um, disinformation from Joe Rogan's podcast that they bought exclusively for like hundred million dollars or some obscene amount of money uh, which created a whole big hubbub and people really uh, everyone'
1: everyone has their opinion on everybody it Everybody
0: has an opinion but like what bothered me the most was people like posting rockin' in the Free world. It'd be like, but only if Neil Young approves of it. And I'm like, and each time somebody does that, I'm like, have you listened to that lyrics of the song? The free world and Neil Young's rocking in the free world is not really an idealistic free world. No, no, I mean, no. If your free world is all about dumpster babies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and people just wishing they were dead. Then, then by all means, welcome to, welcome free- to Dick Cheney's America. <laughs> so, I, you know, I want to get a little bit into it because I, I just have to talk a little bit about the politics behind it. And I'm not going to, you know, there is something that I find really interesting. And it's this weird catch-22 to what everyone is saying with what's going on right now with cancel culture and, you know, the whole um, speaking with your pocketbook, right? So you're boycotting things or you're you're saying this and you're, you know, oh, man, you know, you're trying to get people canceled. But at the same time, like... You know, the whole thing was, you know, we talked about, you know, like both sides left and right have done this type of thing where we won't, we won't spend money here, you know, but you know, then the other side's like, well, then you're being hippie. Like I don't get the full circle with it because what are really you supposed to do? Because that's the whole idea behind things was that you do things as a, as a company, as a corporation, and that makes or breaks whether someone's going to buy your shit or not. Yeah. And that's just the way it's always been, Yeah, right? In, the, in this whole cancel culture thing,
0: <clears throat> both sides are <laughs> super guilty of it. Uh, you see a lot on the right these days because they're they're attacking Neil Young because they say he wants to censor Joe Rogan. He just asked that Spotify either pull his music or pull the podcast, which I guess is a, a form of, of censorship, it wasn't really the best way for Young to go about it. But uh, the people who were like, well, man, he's all censorship and shit like that. Like, they, these are the people that wanted the Dixie Chicks pulled off the radio for criticizing W. Everybody. Yes. You know, and we talked a little bit about this, not recording, but everybody has a line in the sand when it comes to what they think free speech is. A lot of people confuse what free speech is. Uh, yes and here's the thing with the spotify so spotify joe rogan and neil young are all exercising their first amendment rights yep each and every one of them they all have the right to do it and i support that i pulled my spotify account my paid one on the basis that i did not want my money going to uh, promoting disinformation about vaccines during your global (laughs) pandemic so i voted with my uh pocketbook and People will probably accuse me of being pro-censorship, but I'm just, I'm not really asking for them to censor Joe Rogan. I just don't want any part of it. Right.
1: And that's thats the difference, right? Like, like there's a difference between, say, like, banning a book, you know, out there. Which you they're know, doing. Which they're Tennessee doing. right now. <laughs> yes. 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 They're, they're banning books. And here's the big, here's where I see the big differences here. And I think there's some common sense here that people are just missing because we are at this I mean, we are at a height of just everyone wants to fight at this point. Like we are just boiling, boiling, boiling where there just needs to be a riot. I mean, they're just I mean, we had them here in Minnesota. We're like the nicest people. Just have a riot in your state and you'll feel better. You'll feel better. I promise. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) but um, the difference here is, is that that was you know, a story that was something that was telling something and that's something that's making a point. The difference here is that Joe Rogan I'm for better or worse. I mean, he just is, he's part of this group of grifters, you know, that's, that's what it is. He knows what he's doing. And the thing is, he's smart. I mean, he's smarter about the most people because he'll stay, I mean, he'll sit up and straight up there and at least say, I don't know, I, I need, I don't know what, what to do. You know, I don't know what I'm asking. I don't know the information. I'm not smart enough to know this stuff. So I'll bring on other people. And I will say, you know, that I do appreciate the fact that he's like, hey, I'm willing to bring on other people and get more opinions. Like that's. And here's the thing. Before people, like, attack me
0: and maybe you or – I have listened to his podcast.
1: I have too. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I don't find it as engaging as a lot of people do. Maybe because I do so many – we had friends, and I can think of one friend in particular, I won't name him, that, like, his conspiracy, uh, thinking everything's, like, the government. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I went through that for, like, ten years, of particular friend (laughs) like i'm not inclined to sit and listen to somebody brett Brett, somebody else do it to me now that i finally found peace uh but yeah i have there's some episodes of his show that i enjoyed he had uh, david miscavige's father on david miscavige is the leader of scientology Mm -hmm. that was an interesting episode but then he has like these weird kooks and he gives them a platform and he doesn't really challenge them and i can see that's where uh, a lot of this is now blowing up into the
1: ether of rage that is now America. <laughs> yes. Yes. And this is the thing that I have a problem with is this whole idea that I, they're like, I miss challenging journalism. I miss this. No one wants to do it anymore. Everything's a fluff piece. Everything's just let people say what they're going to say because they want to have more guests on. They want to, you know, they they realize that by being passive and by not engaging or by not pushing back on someone that they're going to get more things. And I, it, what, what frustrates me with Joe Rogan is I have seen him do that before. Um, He had a guy on, I, I can't remember his name, used to be on the Young Turks and then became like this giant um, uh, Uber uh, neocon um, I forget his name. It's not important. He runs around room with Ben Shapiro. Anyways, like he had him on and I will give Joe Rogan credit because he was talking about um, uh, like how we don't need regulations. And Joe Rogan's like, whoa, my dad was in construction. Absolutely. We need regulations. Like those guys will cut every fucking corner. And he had this guy kind of running circles and I, I don't because I don't think he thought Joe Rogan was going to push him on this. And Joe Rogan was, and it was a friend of him. He had him on a couple of times. And after that after that episode, Joe Rogan never did invite him back. So Joe Rogan is capable yeah. of pushing back Joe Rogan. And that told me Joe Rogan knows, yeah. like, like what he's doing. And that's what makes it frustrating for me because yeah. he's pandering to a community for money and i mean i get it like you know maybe for a million dollars for 10 million dollars maybe i'd go on fox news and tout conspiracies but i really don't think i could do that like you couldn't pay me enough to be a face yeah so but yeah
0: neat and especially with the pandemic uh, he's been kind of playing fast and loose and like Mm -hmm. nobody's going to him for medical advice i get that but he's putting people on that are pushing junk Yes. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong. It's, uh, it's healthy for people to question what's in these things. hundred percent. hundred percent. But he's like bringing like the weirdest fucking people. But at the end of the day, cause this, I don't want to be talker. Cause no, like, I don't, I don't either. No. I mean, it's just like, I, I never thought the most problematic, uh, actor on news radio was going to be Joe Rogan.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, the guy who took down Carlos Mancia. Like that's the weirdest thing. Yeah.
0: You know, I think we all had our money on Andy Dick, and that <laughs> good for for a couple decades. But I did. I thought I was have with <laughs> but Andy Basically, Dick. at the end of the day, Neil Young said, "I don't want my music on this platform that's pushing this," and they pull it. And now, uh, you know, it's just been this giant clusterfuck. You know, people are yes. drawing lines in the sand. Whatever. It's it's. No, I just I, love I, that in. He's, like, almost 80 years old, and he's still just fucking things up. I love it. Like, I love it. And here's the thing. Spotify's a billion-dollar corporation that fucks over uh, recording artists. Really does. Really does. Well, so it's yeah. not really like you're rooting for a little guy here if you're blindly just rooting for Spotify.
1: And And I will say that I have never paid for Spotify, ever, because, number one, I knew that it was – one of the I mean, I, I knew about it early on that it was there was a lot of artists complaining about it's like the cheapest payout of all the streaming services. But the thing that really bothered me and you and I have talked about this, I think off air. I'm not sure if we talked about it on air, maybe a little bit last episode is the fact that the their quality of music is not great for what you're paying.
0: No. And that was another thing <clears throat> I believe and I could be wrong. Uh, jamie pull up the video (laughs) it's uh that they were gonna go like with what uh title and amazon music and a lot of other uh with uh ultra hd quality uh streaming Mm -hmm. and that kind of went on the the wayside when they signed rogan for 100 million dollars and they're really investing in podcasts because they're really cheap yeah, they're cheap yeah. to produce and they get a lot of listeners and ad revenue. So because here's the thing, you listen to a podcast on Spotify, they still do the on air ads. Yep. It's not like the music where, you know, unless a band for some reason does a commercial. Right on an album, like you don't you don't come across that.
1: No, there's more money to be made in 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 professional podcasting because exactly that the ad revenue and that type of thing, and um, yeah. So no, and again, they weren't really paying. I mean, they were making hand over fist. And again, I know several artists that pulled their shit off of Spotify, because they weren't because they hated it, and they went biggest was a few years ago Taylor Swift. Yep. I, she
0: put it back on, but you have to figure she probably negotiated a pretty fucking sweet deal.
1: And and if I remember correctly, this is the first time Neil Young was going to leave Spotify. Oh, he's he, left it before. He left yeah. it
0: before, too. And he, he left he it
1: before because of the audio quality. Yeah,
0: he's a big audiophile. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another that's a murky area. Cause he tried pushing this Pono thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a uh, Gizmodo did a pretty good write up on the junk science of that because you, the ears can only process so much information. Mm-hmm. So it was like, he was like touting this thing. It was like, well, nobody can really
1: hear that. Right. Scribing. That was like the gist of it. But you know, it's like, I, so it's, it was like when Nintendo was spouting like 200 and some million colors on the Super Nintendo and we're going, you can only process so many fucking colors, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so he pulls uh, some artists, others have pulled now too. Uh, you know, Crosby Stills Nash, uh, mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell. So- there pulled. been Yes. Harry Trump pulled her podcast. Some people are pulling their podcasts. I mean, at the end of the day, this was a war Neil Young knew he wasn't going to win. He just didn't want to be associated with it. And I think also, I, I really <laughs> – part of me is just like, I don't think it was all – joe rogan i think it was he just didn't like the sound quality of spotify and this just kind of triggered that too <laughs> so
1: I, th- I think there's a lot of th- i do i think there's more to it than just the joe rogan thing but i think the joe rogan thing was kind of the last straw
0: yeah i and- think last draw. people because here's the thing neil young had polio mm-hmm. and so did uh i believe joni mitchell too and those vaccines kind of saved their lives <laughs> yep, yep yeah so they're gonna be pretty pro let's not die if we have this or you know sort of thing so yeah at the end of the day you know like everybody involved used free speech everybody is just
1: confusing what free speech is and and it's very frustrating (laughs) it's super frustrating because yeah both you and i are history buffs you especially with with the you know the work that you do you you're involved in free speech every day um you know, I, I've been doing speeches and things like that and I have to worry about compliance and I always had to be worried about, you know, this and that. So yeah, I mean, I, yes, I mean, th- what people tout as free speech and say is free speech is not what the meaning of free speech is. And that's the super frustrating thing is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They think it's, uh, nobody can question them on that, on their speech. That's a lot of what people think, like, what the fuck? You know, like, Yep, I'm allowed to oh, say yeah, what it's I a two way street. It's always been a two way street. Uh, and we're yeah, and we just live in such divisive political times. It's just uh, it's it's rough. And I just saw Bill Maher last week, a former uh, president of the ACLU talk about how that's become politicized, and they only pick certain types of free speech stuff cases now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, the ACLU would defend both, you know, left and right, left and right, like I mean, extreme far left and extreme far right. Like, yep. They, they, you know, uh, they defended Nazis.
1: So yes, they did. Yeah. (laughs) Now people forget that people, you know, I I hear a lot of people on the right bitch about the ACLU, but it's like, you know, they defended Nazis, right? Like, and you know, and like, that's why I also get pissed off at people on the left. It's like, you know, the ACLU is not a fucking hero, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's just, it's protecting speech and that's important. Free speech is very important to our, uh, to our democracy, and uh, people just have to realize Neil Young is very much in his rights to say, I don't like that, and I want it shut down. Nobody has to do it. He can say that, though. But yes. like when you see in p- p- politicians, like if a school board decides to pull books, then that's the government censoring, and that flies in the face of the First Amendment. Neil that's- Young is not flying in the face of the First Amendment. He's just exercising... Probably not in the best way, but he's still exercising his rights too.
1: Well, and, and at the end of the day, he's also express. He's also, uh, you know, uh, expressing his capitalistic uh, endeavors. Yeah, he can choose where he wants to have his money. And he here's the choose- thing: not he's one of the few artists who can do that too. And that's he, that's what I think is also missed on a lot of people because yeah. there are yeah. artists that could not do this.
0: Yeah, there's art because labels <laughs> typically own publishing rights. Or publishing yep. companies do. Yep. I don't know if labels do anymore, but publishing companies usually buy that and they decide where and when these songs can be used. Labels can do that too with distribution. So I think this falls under distribution with the labels. And uh, you know, artists can be like, if you uh, sign it and you don't own your publishing rights and you don't have in your contract saying you control your music, you're you're fucked. Yep. Like yep, you whatever. Could, you could yell through your blue in the face, and they'll just be like, "Ha, huh, we're not pulling this." Like,
1: or, or 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 vice versa, like, "Hey, I want my music on this. Sorry, we don't have a deal with them. We're not putting your music on that exactly. platform." Exactly, exactly. Yep. I mean, yep. Neil Young is—he's
0: just always been super protective of his music. So, uh, he, yeah, he's just—he has that pull where he can do that. Uh, most artists don't. Correct. Most cool. artists have no say in where their music is used or what the infamous. The best part, best example is that was when Michael Jackson bought the publishing to the Beatles. Yes. And they used Revolution in a Nike ad, which pissed off the surviving
1: Beatles,
0: but like they had no say in it.
1: No. Well, you know, and the, the interesting thing about that was, was that, uh, I, I mean, you probably know the story, but for the audience, um, uh john lennon when he was alive was approached by nike and they're like hey can you do a song for us he's like yeah i'll do a song and he took the the dead the 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 heartbeat of their a miscarried child um it was in yoko's that they, they miscarried a child and he had the heartbeat and he submitted that <laughs> as the music of this dying uh of this of this dying fetus yeah, the heartbeat of a dying fetus, and said, "Here's your fucking music." Like he was notorious about not wanting to have his music used very much, like the Beastie Boys were um, and, and are, that they didn't want to have their music used um, for advertising. And yeah, Michael Jackson got the rights to it. Um, that's a that's that's a that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's uh, a whole yeah, other podcast. They Say basically, who controls it? Can
0: it has this say? Neil Young was able. He's able to do this. I'm not sure if he actually owns the rights to his music or if he's just has that much pull with his label.
1: I'd imagine it's the pull at the label since he uh because the label came them supported him. The label. Money. Yeah. And the label came out and said we stand with Neil Young's decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I and I and I will say that, you know, just on while we're on this topic, I know we're this is gonna be a longer one, I can already <laughs> tell. But um well while we're on this topic, um uh the 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 shit i lost my train of thought go ahead go ahead go
0: (laughs) (laughs) but so yeah so with all this i decided to go with uh, the freedom album which uh so yeah so yeah this is an album i this is probably one of my favorite neil young albums just because it it was kind of like his big comeback uh you want to get start talking about the album now that we got the
1: yes but i just remember i was gonna say and then then we could get the album (laughs) so okay was going to say was was that what neil young's doing and that ability did not exist like pre-2000s um basically because digital music wasn't really a thing until napster came out and really changed the world and changed that um to that point where um as i talked about in our last episode you know where i I was going to do the you know the record company deal um and i and i said no um, i would had also had no right i didn't say this during that time i had no rights over the music yeah. it was owned by the label that i would have signed with i would have not they, they could have done whatever they wanted to they could have not played it on the radio they could have played it on certain radios they could have used it for advertising they could have done whatever they fucking wanted and you know there was a time where you just had to do whatever the label said because all there was was albums tape you know cassettes cds and then the whole um, electronic age and digital media changed everything and now i do feel like it's swinging it has been swinging better in 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 some ways for the artist favor and in some ways it hasn't but there have been people like Neil Young like Prince like that who have really fought for artists rights over the years and that's something that you really got to give them credit for yep
0: yep yeah so <clears throat> let's talk freedom neil yes. young uh, yes yes yeah, 1989 album. Uh, so we're gonna go backpedal a little bit back back into the late '70s when Neil Young uh, leaves his label reprise because he's wooed by uh, David Geffen. Mm-hmm. David Geffen was a business partner of uh, Neil Young's manager uh, Elliot Maser, I think they kind of like they discovered uh, Buffalo Springfield and. Spearheaded uh Young's solo career. And so Geffen in the early 80s is, starts his own label, Geffen Records. Yep. And he starts snagging big names. One of them is Neil Young. Yep. But yeah. Geffen uh he's <laughs> Geffen is not a he's not an artist kind of guy. He wanted big hits. He wanted these bands to be doing what they were doing previously that were just selling millions upon millions of records. Hmm. And at this time, Neil Young and his wife had a child, uh, Zeke. Now, Zeke, Young has two children. They have a a neurological disorder, I believe. Oh, okay. Is it from
1: the vaccines? No. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sorry, I had to do that. I had to bad, I know, bad, bad me. I'm sorry, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean d, d, d. cerebral palsy.
1: Oh, that's, that's sad.
0: Yeah, so cerebral palsy. So, uh, so. No, is that with it- Susan or was that with Peggy? Peggy. Okay. It was okay. With Peggy. okay. Okay. Uh, so, or maybe it was, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've read the biography, but, uh, <laughs> At this time, you know, they're going through all sorts of, because in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, there's not a lot of information on how to raise a child with cerebral palsy. Yes. And all, and all sorts of ailments. So he he's going through all these different things that it's hard for the child to communicate. So he, he gets inspired and he makes this album called Trans. Trans uses a lot of electronic music in it with his acoustic and vo- the vocoder, boycot- like so he makes him sound like a robot yep 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 the vocoder. yep yep uh he so that was like <laughs> i think it was his first album with geffen uh, not a big hit it's been <laughs> it was derided uh because it was just uh, weird and different and but he, that's where he he was at the time Neil Young's always about like where he's at the time. You, you're yep. not gonna get you're not gonna p- pressure him to do the album you want him to do. And, no and Geffen had paid any attention from 68 to <laughs> <the size> of, <laughs> even though Neil Young does what Neil Young wants. Uh, so he does so he's doing these string of albums for Geffen and he does a country album, and then he starts playing these state fairs, and he's like talking about how much he loves Reagan and hates hippies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just, like, being really... He's going through a really prickly, you know, era. But, he, you know, it's understandable. His home life is rough. He's raising a special-needs child. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And so Geffen's like, well, I want a rock and roll album, so <laughs> Neil Young... It's a band called the Shocking Pinks, and they make an album called "Everybody's Rocking," an 1950s <laughs> th- rock and roll album. <laughs> <It's Geffen's- laughs> um, uh, yeah, it gets the tension between Geffen and Young get. God, I love Neil Young. He's such a prick. Like, it's just, he's just awesome. And he, he he says to this day he didn't make bad albums on purpose, but I am I really feel like he was making bad albums on purpose with Geffen. Because <laughs> 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 these are not good albums. Uh, it gets to a point where uh, <laughs> Geffen sues Neil Young for not making Neil Young music.
1: Jesus Christ, Kevin. Uh,
0: yeah, it got to a head. And so they he eventually leaves the label uh, and the album Before Freedom is called This Notes for You. It's an infamous like basically talking about what we just did about commercialization of music. Uh, it's the video is just him making fun of like bands like and artists like Clapton and shit, like doing beer commercials. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, if you have time, watch the video for this, no, it's for you. It's pretty good. That's and pretty fantastic. Then, and then, so, but he goes back and to the studio, and he actually wants to make like a Neil Young, Neil Young record, so he does Freedom, which is a lot similar in vain to Rust Never Sleeps in that it opens and closes with an acoustic and electric version of a song. The same song. This one is uh, Rockin' in the Free World. Uh, Rust Never Sleeps is Hey, Hey, My, My. Yep. Uh, Parts of these songs were on an uh, EP called Eldorado. You can tell, you would know, so I'll tell you what the songs were on this EP. It was Australian and Japan only. Uh, Don't Cry, Eldorado, and on Broadway, which are the songs that very much have the same feel yes on this album yes very feel yes yes but yeah this was like his big comeback and uh he's angry and he has a political statement which everybody (laughs) confuses to this day it's like it's just like people getting mad and using rocking in the free world calling young a hypocrite for (laughs) freedom it's like people calling Bruce Springsteen, a hypocrite on the Vietnam War while playing Born in
1: the USA. Oh God, it's just the I God damn it! You no. know this. This is why you know. I, this is why I, I I love and I and I and I get cringy with satire because I'm like someone's gonna take this shit seriously.
0: <laughs> Springsteen, I can see it as the satire because it really has this and Rocket of the Free World, man. It's like. It's not like the the, the vocals and shit is not like buried in like a very joyful. This is like a pissed off song, <laughs> right? But, yeah. So this was like his big comeback, and like he's kind of like he flies in with the rush. With you know, he was called the grun- Godfather of Grunge. Yep. Is like uh, Kurt Cobain and Pearl Jam and all these like like Mud Honey and all these bands like cited Neil Young and Crazy Horse specifically. I mean, Crazy Horses is amazing, is really shitty jam band, which is <laughs> phenomenal, though. They're great and bad at the same time.
1: And I love it. <laughs> I have to completely agree. I have to completely agree. They're just complete. like
0: the sloppiest band.
1: but It's. It, that is the best way of putting together Crazy Horse because I've always been like, I don't know why I like Crazy Horse, but I do, and I just can't put my finger on it, but yeah, I they're shouldn't. Not, they're <laughs> not precise musicians. Yeah, exactly.
0: There's like flub notes, but they're all good with it. <laughs> and is just like cool, like we're like it's funny because like in the book, like people get like people who like recorded record with Neil really have like this uh, sore spot with Crazy Horse, because if they hit a Sour note, and yeah, let's say young says something about it, they'll just tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> but if that happens, like with like his other albums with his other bands, he'll fire them. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so. Crazy Horse has like this really weird uh, soft spot in his heart, so like he they can pretty much kind of do whatever with That's him. That's
1: hilarious. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're going to now discuss, uh, freedom by Neil Young, his big comeback. Uh, this, uh, you know, Neil Young has a lot of peaks and valleys in his career. Like anybody who's released the amount of albums he has over uh-huh. six decades at this point. Yeah. Well, so, what are your initial thoughts with freedom?
1: So, the, you know, I was thinking about this because I, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about how to word this. Um, so, I have a dubious way that I heard of freedom. And the thing is, is that I don't exactly remember the story there, but somehow some way I ended up with someone's CD collection and this album uh, was the, was like out of the CD collection. The only, um, album that I remember. And I, I just, like I said, I'm trying to remember how I got a hold of the CD collection. I, I just, I can't. And that pisses me off. But, So this album, prior to hearing this album, I could not handle any form of country, any form of Southern rock, anything like that. Like, you know, growing up in Minnesota, growing up, you know, around kind of country, which is just weird because we're got this progressive thing. But as soon as you leave like the Minneapolis area, it becomes like the fucking Bible Belt and everyone loves Minneapolis and Duluth. Yeah it's weird. it's alabama <laughs> it's alabama i mean you you go through i mean i remember like as a kid like my parents on the radio there you know uh, there was like maybe three stations maybe four when we were kids that weren't country and that pissed me off um and Um, you know, we lived in a larger town as, as we got older, there was more and more and, you know, antennas got better and we could, you know, hear things from the cities, but Jesus Christ. So I just hated country, anything with a passion and Southern rock with a passion. And just like, if it was on, I got physically angry and (laughs) then this comes along and, and I bring that because there's a lot of country, Southern country, southern rock to this album and it's because of this album that i started opening my mind and now i can get in the bluegrass and get into can handle some of the more you know the 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 standard country i still can't do modern country and i will never try and i don't want to try Fuck off um, but but yeah this album is fantastic like i remember just again having the cd collection and I would listen to this, and I actually ended up playing, you know, having two of the songs off this album that I would do live for shows and, and covers. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: wow. I didn't know that.
1: Yep. Yep. I would do Rockin' in the Free World, and I would do Hanging on a Limb. Yep. Hanging on a Limb's a great song. It's a, it's a great song, and it's so fun to play. It's it so, so fun of, to play on guitar.
0: Album, so,
1: I think a lot of people like think this is like a big rock album. It's not. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's really, really not. like, I was trying to like describe, like, how do I want to describe this album? And the best way I could des- describe it is it's eclectic. I mean, yeah. for, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, you're getting heartland rock, you're getting Southern rock, you're getting hard rock, but there's points in the album where I was like, you know, that is, Punk rock, <laughs> like, like there's there's some punk shit here.
0: And I love um, getting this like southern rock
1: and country from a man from Ontario, Canada. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's um. Well, I, I'm sure we'll go through track by track. So you know, I'll get Neil to that. Neil Young but...
0: was once in a band with Rick James. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, back <laughs> That's... in Canada, Rick James was in Canada to avoid the Vietnam draft. And yep. Started a band with Neil Young and. They actually got Motown, I believe, and then the government <laughs> found out James' <laughs> was draft dodging and that blew that up. Oh, no. That sucks. Yeah. yeah his, Neil Young's got a fucking weird story. Man.
1: <laughs> I got to get this book. I got to yeah, get this it's, book.
0: He, again, like I, t- I, t- I think I said it on the podcast last time. Like he just tells this reporter, hey, go talk to this guy. Yeah, I haven't talked to him years. He's a really great guy in the reporter goes and neil young's the biggest son of a bitch I've ever
1: met in my life. <laughs> that's so fantastic yeah i gotta because there's just i mean and there, it's, it's his, his his career really is very storied you know you hear people say that word but it really is like there's so many stories about neil young over the years that you just go what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah so
0: and it's Getting back. So, yeah, this is a very eclectic album, and it's really uh, it's very interesting. A, There's a lot. He does things with, especially on some of the two longer songs, who he utilizes, like, bass, bass like, hitting down on a bass onto the, onto the, uh, what did I pick Pickup? Yes. For an yes. effect, like, instead of, like, for, you know, like,
1: Music is just more, like, to add an accent, which is Ye- strange. Which is awesome. It's, it's awesome. Like, <laughs> it's it, awesome. Sounds like a, it sounds like a gunshot going off, I think, on Don't Cry. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. like, very just eclectic and strange, and, yeah, this was... I love it because this is also probably the album David Kevin wished Neil Young were. <laughs> <laughs> like he leaves and immediately kicks this out like, oh, you son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> you know, if Neil if, – if he had waited to sue Neil Young until this album came out, he probably would have won. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. It's like – it's because it's if you listen, look
0: at his career, it's like it, – I'll, leave it, I'll throw a trans in. is because it still has some classic. But, like, after trans, but before freedom, it's, like, this weird fucking period
1: where it's just, like, my God, this music's not listenable. <laughs> I just wonder if he didn't get along with Geffen, like, right off the bat. Um, well, he's known Geffen since the 60s. So that right. But Geffen would pull shit, like.
0: So, like, Neil Young, like, with uh, his uh, uh, reprise, like. If he wanted to go in the studio, they'd be like, "Yeah, go fuck it, go do whatever you want, Neil. You make us money." With Geffen, he was such a uh, micromanager that like, yes. a young go like if he was on tour and he wanted to pop in the studio just to record some random shit, like it'd have to go past the bean counters,
1: uh, which really pissed Neil <laughs> off because he, he he's not he wasn't used to that. Yeah. And, and Neil Young in earned his spot. He doesn't need to put up with it. He doesn't need to put up with it. No, especially by the '80s, he's already you know. Yeah. If you look at a
0: string of like albums. You know, like everybody knows this is nowhere. After the Gold Rush, Harvest, Tonight's the Night, like Russ never sleeps. Like this yeah. is fucking.
1: You know they're they're print they got. You know he's basically an ATM for. Yeah, just let if Neil Young wants to go in the studio and record some shit. You let Neil Young go in the record go in the studio Will and Geffen, record some shit. At one point, Geffen told him no, and he got so pissed off. <laughs> I would have I would have flipped out I'd been like, what the fuck do you mean no? Like, come on, like my job is to write music. Let me do my fucking job. <laughs> yeah, it was it's it's wild, man. But yeah, so you want to do track
0: by track on this one? I mean, well, we're gonna
1: run we're already running long, but we why are why? running long, but we're, I, we're, I, we can go track by track. I don't mind running long on this one because it's a long album. Yeah, um but it's, long, but it's
0: really good. I I just there's only one song I really don't like on it. Well, we'll get to that one.
1: So let me ask you, because I you know, what was your introduction to freedom?
0: Uh <laughs> remember that oddly enough that conspiracy theory friend yes yes he's the one who got me into this hilarious yeah 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 (laughs) yeah yeah. he you know he's out he was he just loved neil young freedom he's out he was always talking about it and then so it came i was working at cd warehouse and it came in used. and i was like well fuck i'll buy it and i did and i was like holy shit yeah this is really good (laughs)
1: It's it's so good, yeah. Let's go track by track. So we have, um, uh, obviously, the, the 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 acoustic live version of "Rockin' in the Free World."
0: Which version do you like better?
1: God, they both have their merits, don't they? I
0: do. Yeah. I, 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 I the kinda... thing when he's on acoustic, he's
1: so precise. Mm-hmm. And yes. but when he's on electric, he's the sloppiest fucking guitarist in the <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think that's I think that's the charm with me the electric version because the electric version he sound like you get the anger you get the anger more than the live acoustic one.
0: See, I figured you would go with the acoustic because you always you always like like the preciseness of.
1: instrumentation. I, so. I, I do, but I you know again <laughs> when it comes to Neil Young, it's like fuck it. Well, and and again, <laughs> he's so I mean the notes and the noise and the thing, he's so good at it and that's part of what really shines for me on this album as a whole is just like like the the garb like uh, the garble and and like like i said like the gunshots and and that and that bass on the um on the pickup it's just it's so experimental uh, especially for being in the 80s i mean no one was doing this shit and it's just yeah i, I have to go with the electric what about you I'm partial to the acoustic now.
0: I used to be about the electric, but now I kind of like the acoustic for some reason.
1: Fair that enough. That changes
0: man. it. Look, when it comes to Neil Young, I'm always changing my mind. Uh, full disclosure: I'm a huge Neil Young fan. I I just fucking love it. And like this whole uh, Spotify, Joe Rogan, blah blah blah, really got me rekindling my interest in his music again. Like I go mm-hmm. through years where i'm just like yeah whatever but then i'm like oh yeah fuck freedom man that's an awesome (laughs) right right let's let's take a look at these lyrics because you know again people were confusing yes this is like a pro you know like this big anthem about how great freedom is and you get you know there's colors on the street red white and blue people shuffling their feet People sleeping in their shoes. There's a warning sign on the road ahead. There's a lot of people saying we'd be better off dead. Don't feel like Satan, but I am to them. So I try to forget any way I can.
1: Yep. And then and then we get and then we get the uh I see a woman in the night with a baby in her hand near an old street light near a garbage can. Now she put the kid away and she's gone to get her hit. She hates her life and what she's done to it. <laughs> yeah. That's one more kid that will never go to school, never get to fall in love, never get to be cool, keep on rocking in the free world. It's and like I do you the, the, not know? <laughs> and then the third uh straight starts with
0: a real big because at the time George H. W. Bush was president and he had the thousand points of light yep so we got a thousand points of light for the homeless man we got a kinder <laughs> gentler machine gun hand we got <laughs> you know this is so like when the whole kind of compassionate conservatism was yep coming. yep absolutely and he yes. just called it out right, away.
1: right <laughs> like, away. i'm
0: seeing your bullshit guys <laughs> so yeah this is not really an anthem about how great the free world is it's no, a, no, it's taken uh basically unfettered you know freedom and kind of flipping it yes i think if the idealized you know people talk about freedom but they really don't know what it is but if you had 100 percent pure freedom to do whatever the fuck you wanted it'd be anarchy and it'd be like those
1: lyrics yes uh completely agree and you know the thing is is that I, I, again i mean he was pointing out where things were headed in the 80s it was this weird you know you had gone from and you have to understand that neil young being around from the 60s and 70s and again me being and i know i know you are too being a big history buff you have to understand that things were really kind of moving away from like what was the mccarthyism of the of the late 40s uh, 50s and early 60s and you started to see this shift towards a more relaxed more accepting america and then the 80s hit with reagan And and George and Bush and Cheney and all these people that were, you know, uh, again everyone that was in fucking um, uh, George W's, yeah, 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 everyone that was in the Nixon administration was in the was in the Reagan administration was in George W. seniors administration was in George W. juniors administration, Um, yeah, and so you have this whole going back to this fuck this way that we we were getting away from now we're going back this way and that gets lost. On um, like, the younger you know, generation
0: and a lot of people forget the hippies turned into yuppies yes kind of sold out their idealism <laughs> like the, that line in slc punk i didn't sell out son i bought in you know? i bought in right yeah uh, and- jerry rubin of the Yippies became all
1: pro stock market and became an investor and stocks and shit like that like and, and, and now we got okay boomer i mean it's the same people right the hippies yeah. were the yuppies are now the okay boomer yeah yeah it's a very selfish generation very selfish yeah. generation yeah the me generation selfish <laughs> yeah the me generation is what they're called the me generation yeah 100 yeah it was so, fine when they could do it but now fuck all you because i want mine
0: yep. yeah so yeah this song kind of is it's also like a fuck you to them
1: yeah, <laughs> completely it's like you guys lost your fucking way absolutely like what the fuck Completely. Yeah. No, I I love it.
0: So now we go into track two Crime in the City, 60 to 0, part one. Which is is two, as far as I know. I was gonna say I don't know a part. I was gonna ask you. Do you he know a part? He probably has a recorded
1: two? version of a part two. So he's got
0: a massive archive. So that one release
1: music. I was gonna because there was also a time like again a lot of like concept bands and things like that and bands were doing part one, part four when there wasn't a part two or a part one, two, three. <laughs> so I just wonder if that was a no traveling that they wil- did. volume. Yeah. It starts with volume two. <laughs> it starts with volume two, just to fuck with people. So. Yeah. Um, this kind of falls with the same kind of concept of rocking in the free world. mm Hmm. Hundred percent. Very much so. And it, I want to also say that it clocks in at eight minutes forty five seconds. Yes. Uh, it is a, a long it's a song.
0: It's a story.
1: It's a story. It's and It's one it's, of the two story songs. Well, like they all kind of stories, but this is like almost long form narrative. Yes. It reminded me of um. And I do I, I know you're not a big Dylan fan, but it reminded me of what Dylan did, especially with say um. Uh, hurricane very much so i i just i compare the two yeah
0: yeah and it's just you know it's showing how dirty and basically how america was really just taking a
1: nosedive yeah i mean he's talking
0: about crime and it
1: shows like poverty and crime are hand in hand Mm-hmm probably crime it, it, even talking about them, like cops being on the take and being dirty cops, even back then, you know, um, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, at this point, you know, divorce was on the rise in America that wasn't seen in levels, you know, now we've kind of come to terms with it, but this was a true rise of divorce in America. You get that, you know, you, you got kind of, again, that, that whole get, hit, hitting up the yuppies. Uh, you know, about what it's like, you know, to be, um, you know, like old and what you do when you're young and how you're old and how you kind of sell out your ideals. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But yeah, th- th- this was, you know,
1: <clears throat> yeah. Crime, crack, drugs.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Talking about the, the kids, <laughs> just his boss
1: selling drugs on the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's getting paid by a kid who's selling drugs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of just showed like what, Reagan's America, but like, you can't pin it all on Reagan. I think a lot of this was just going to happen, but he certainly didn't help. Mm, you know, well, you I, could probably pin a lot of it on him. You could pin, pin a lot of it on Reagan. I I, yeah, I know you're trying to be regulations and you know, a lot of jobs are being now shipped over overseas or into Mexico, like a lot of labor jobs. Like people are just getting fucked over hand over fist.
1: Yep. And then it was, but we're going to, we're going to distract you when we're doing all this with the war on drugs. Yeah. And that was the really shitty part. Yeah. So yeah, this is, uh, really, I, I really like this song a lot. It's a great song. And I just, I love the way it's told. I love the story with it. Again, even though it's an eight minute song, I'm not bored. I'm not yeah. bored.
0: Into the bass, you
1: know, <laughs> Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So next up is Don't Cry. I really like the song, too. I just love the, how the vocals... It's mm-hmm. interesting sonically to me.
1: Yeah, this is the one I believe that has the gunshots, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. like the gunshot noise. And one of the things, is too, that you can hear, and I and I, I noticed this, was you can actually hear a part when it goes really loud, like when you just... And then you could tell he's turning up the amp and turning it down, because you can actually hear it going up and down. Like, it's not like a... Um, like will we be used to like a like 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 a like a fade or like like done on the production. It's actually done on the amp. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um we haven't discussed, and I think this is a good time to do it, the uniqueness of Neil Young's voice.
0: Yeah, it's very unconventional.
1: Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who
0: don't like it. I get it. Trust oh. me, I get it. I hate Dylan's voice, and so you know, I'm not not guilty of that sort of shit, but I really it's unique. And And this is very echoey. Like it's a really cool, like echo. It sounds like it's underwater almost.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of reverb. There's a lot of like that, that reverb. um, uh, uh, Again, this is, there's very experimental and it's just super awesome. And I will say, I think the difference between Neil Young and Bob Dylan is that with Bob Dylan, my understanding was uh, from things I read um, was that Bob Dylan was kind of upset for a while because everyone looked at him as like being this young kid and blah 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 so he started singing like in these really low kind of tunes and like it, Bob Dylan's voice was kind of all over the place and he never really I f- and it didn't really match somewhat of what he was playing all the time like it worked great on those you know the three albums we brought up before you know Bring It Back Home, um, Highway 61 you know he found kind of a niche there but you know, with Neil Young, what he played fit the voice.
0: Yeah. And, and I think he's that's hard the to, big difference. Yeah. And that's why he's hard to cover.
1: Mm hmm. hmm. Like,
0: I mean, I've heard cover songs, but like he's so unique. Like you said, with Dylan, it doesn't naturally. So it's kind of easier to cover a Bob Dylan song. Absolutely. Absolutely. But with I, Neil Young, it's so you. His voice is so unique with his playing
1: mm-hmm. and like what you're hearing. Like it, it's, you know, I, it's I will. Hard. It's hard to I, come. To that. And I will tell you, like, now that I'm in my 40s, my voice is, you know, changed. And like, I used to be able to hit higher notes than I could. I don't think I, if I were to go out and do, like, if I were to go play tomorrow somewhere, I don't think I could sing hanging on a limb like I could in my 20s. I just don't think I could do it. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. No, I just don't. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll be straight up honest. I don't think I could. Um, yeah, I, you know, Don't Cry, I mean, li- again, lyrically, it's not the greatest thing um, uh, on the album by far. No. But at the same time, you know, it, it's, it. it there's, you could tell this is a breakup song. Yes. <laughs> this is a breakup song. And it's an angry breakup. You could tell sonically from the music. <laughs> One thing Neil Young's really bad
0: at, is breaking up with people. <laughs> gee, gee, I think it was his first wife. He just moved out of the house and didn't tell her. <laughs> and when he, he left and never came back. And then a lawyer showed up.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah he's not a good breaker-upper, that's for sure.
1: Well, I'll help you pack your things. I'll walk you out to the car. I'm being a nice guy.
0: he like. <laughs> wouldn't even go that far. He'd just leave and have his lawyer kick him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hanging on a limbs next. You you've
1: said you've covered this. I covered oh. this. I, I love the song. Yeah, it's such, um, it's it's a, such The a good first song. five
0: songs in this album are so solid. It's such yeah. a
1: it's stacked. It's it really like you know, there, there is no like you and I've talked about there's no such thing as a perfect album, but there are masterpieces. And this is a masterpiece album. Yeah. No question about it. It's not perfect. It's not. Um, But no, I I love the story that this song was telling. Um, I I, I love the fact, you know, that it's like, you know, there's so much going on here that I felt like, you know, there's so many different ways that you can interpret, like, what your mood is and what the song's meaning is. It's just ambiguous in that regards. And again, it's it's just, it's I love the guitar, and it's so fun to play. And it does chords that, like, I never use in other songs. Like, I would never use these chords in other songs. And I, I don't know how Neil Young even came about using some of these chords. And, because it's just, it's it's so interesting. Yeah, I absolutely love it.
0: All right.
1: Yeah, me too. So then we get to El Dorado, the, the second longer-ish,
0: story-ish song. Yes. I like this, too, because it has, like, the, the
1: Spanish music. Mm-hmm vibe yes such <laughs> a good song and you know i love the lyrics of it too you know basically talking about like you know you can i mean uh, the way he's wording it you can picture everything that he's saying you know everything that he's singing yeah. like you could see the story playing out and it's just fantastic you could see it like in a in a d- dirty desert mexican town and you know yeah. the drug dealers are doing this in the mariachi band and you know uh, it's just it's fantastic yeah fucking yeah. wonderful
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's just it's this and crime in the city are such like vividly told Mm or some stories that I, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Then we get, uh, then it takes a kind of a, <laughs> you know, it's Neil Young, so he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants. So we get,
1: we get like kind of a love song going. Well, it's not really a love song, it's, it's an re- adultery song. <laughs> it's adultery. Hey, it's still love, man. Love is love. <laughs> it's all about him singing about how they're fucking and her boy and her man's going to be upset when he finds out. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> they're cuckolding this guy. <laughs> All I, all I, I I, have to say I'm like this is a weird way of redoing Layla <laughs>
0: well, just, just imagine like the person who like knows this situation like oh
1: fuck this is in song form now <laughs> that's that's the other thing I was thinking I'm like there's a person there's a guy that this song's written about and he's got to know the songs written about him <laughs> like he's got this has got to be his most hated song in the world so I like it <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so it's then, not like, the it's best song on the album
0: Someday I don't like it's
1: the only. Yeah, oldest, it sounds dated to me. It 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 it's one of the weird ones um, that doesn't um, have to do it. Although I will say, like, there's some things I liked about it. There there are some things. Um, there like, I think it's the. Um, I, I think the data part of it, I think is the, is like the beginning and like the, the, yeah, the, um, piano. the piano, the, 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 well, really the synthesizer. synthesizer
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Is, is what dates it. Um, like, I did like, like, uh, the second verse, you know, he's talking about the TV preacher, you can hear, like, the people in the background, you know, uh, love, you know, singing about, like, loving Christ. And then, like, on the Alaska pipeline, you know, like, you can hear, like, the ting. And I'm like, oh, that's where industrial music got its thing from. <laughs> 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 like, all right, so Neil Young is the godfather of industrial music, too. The shadow yeah. looms large over a lot of people. music, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, I mean, what what it's saying, like the first two, like the first couple, like like the second and third lyric, um, are fine, but like the first and the third, I, I think any, I think part of my thing is anytime I hear a song about fly, I immediately think I'm learning the fly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck Gilmer, God fuck God you, man, Gilmer, Gilmer. goddamn Gilmer, you ruin any song. Gilmer fun? probably so suggested you do right? that on
0: this. Like, hey, maybe you should do like some stupid-sounding bullshit, Neil. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Talk about flying, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about flying, Neil. <laughs> get in there, get it done. I did it. It get for me, it done, huh? Neil. God. It's the best song on the album, Neil.
0: <laughs> uh, next we get uh, one of my favorite, just because it's so strange. Covers. Oh God, it's <laughs> <great>. on Broadway. <laughs> it's a great.
1: It's it just it kicks Broadway in the ass, dude. It's, it's the, so, yeah. It's, it's so, so angry. Good. It's so bitter. <laughs>
0: but it's so good. Like Neil Young made me like a show tune. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, did you get kicked off of Broadway for being drunk? Did you get thrown out at one point, Neil? Yeah, no. I mean, he's talking about you know, like. Like, he he can't get, he doesn't have the money to get the women on Broadway. Um, You know, that no no one says he's going to be, you know, he's not going to last. That, you know, he just, he tears apart the whole Broadway thing and, like, takes away the shutting lights and shows you the grime of what it is. And it's a wonderful cover in that regards.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we get, like, kind of another kind of acoustic, acoustic tune with Wrecking Ball. I like this, too. I I
1: really like This is such, like,
0: a beautiful... Yeah. He performed and written.
1: It's just. And, and sung. And like, you know, the echo on his voice. Yeah. And it works so well. Like, again, Neil has that, you know, a voice that really grates to some people. But I feel like this one, like, this is the prime example of why you have Neil Young has the fans of his vocals that they do because this is just. Yeah. It's a great song. Uh, it's, you know. It, it, yeah. It's, it's. it's I love it. I love it as well. like it's hard to explain why, but it's the, listen to it and you'll get it. Yeah.
0: yeah. there we get. no more. another. I'm not the hugest fan of this.
1: you know, this to me was like the to me, I put this as the filler song of the yeah, album.
0: this felt like a filler.
1: This felt like a filler song of the album. like this did not need to be on there. no, no
0: nope.
1: No. um it felt
0: like padded it out a bit, but
1: yeah, yeah, I completely agree.
0: But then we go to Too Far Gone, like, and
1: I love this song. <laughs> God, Every time he gets <laughs> to the empty pillow with perfume on, I smelled it. I just bust out. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I just picture Neil, like picking up this pillow, like naked Neil, in a and a <laughs> fucking like forty year old <laughs> naked Neil with a pillow, just <sighs> <sighs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's a song about just being fucking out of control. Yep. Uh, and like, like too far gone, <laughs> being too far gone. Like it's, you know, you're getting with this song and it's just, it's whatever. Was well, I like too far gone? It's great. It's so yeah, great. It's right there in the title. <laughs> I don't know how we made it home. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it almost feels like it's not, like it's written for Hunter cops.
1: <laughs> kind of, kind of right. Yeah. But no, you get absolutely- the
0: soundtrack to, uh, Where the Buffalo Roam.
1: Ah, yes. Oh, good. And he good actually has
0: a cameo in the movie, too.
1: I did not know that. Yep. I did not remember that. It's been a long time since He's I've seen that. He's just in the
0: background of the scene.
1: Oh, is he? That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Bill Murray, by just a side note, Bill Murray was the best choice for Hunter S. Thompson back in the 80s. Yeah. There's no one else that could have done it. <laughs> was, There's no one else that could have done it.
0: Yeah, he, he never, uh, he was, yeah. Like, all the, like, Depp who played Thompson, like, that that role just kind of stuck with him. like you, it, every movie afterwards, you see like a little
1: Thompson mannerism. In that, you know, this is this my thing when, uh, real quick while we're on that subject. So when everyone was talking about how, Oh, he hung out with Keith Richards and he used Keith Richards to be, you know, Captain Jack. I'm like, fuck no, he didn't. That was he, Hunter was, Thompson. he was Hunter Thompson the whole fucking time. Like, yeah, that was, that was probably like at the time, like history, like, like, watching Johnny Depp's career. Cause I was a big fan of Johnny Depp. Um, still him, but like, that was the culmination, like that movie right there. When, when that came out, I was like, he is truly an amazing actor. Then everything afterwards, I was like, fuck. He's just doing fuck. Hunter Thompson. Yep, Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah, in it, blow, man, he felt like Hunter Thompson and that's just, what? He, yes, he took a lot of Hunter. Like he never was able to let go of that role because, but, I I think it, you know, when you look at the background of fear and loathing, the amount of time he spent with Hunter, everything like that, like, I think it had an immediate impact on him personally, and I just don't think that's something he's ever been able to shake off.
0: And that's the same with Bill Murray. Bill Murray became really good friends with Thompson, you know, so I was like, he, I'd say up until like the Wes
1: Anderson movies, like every movie he had a Thompsonism. Yep. Yep, I will. I will agree with you on that one. That's a really valid point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wes Anderson was able to get something out of Bill Murray that not a lot of people could. Yeah. Fuck more. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I, I gotta say real quick. I was I was. I remember going to see Royal Tenenbaums in the theater, and
0: me too. By the way, what's that? I love Royal Tenenbaums
1: too. Yeah, I love that movie. Right. So the scene where um it's it's the young um uh Gwyneth paltrow and she gets her she gets her finger cut off you know and the, i'm the only one in the theater laughing like, <laughs> i'm the only one in the theater laughing everyone else is like staring at me i was like oh my god <laughs> like, I, hilarious. it's hilarious it's fucking hilarious but no one else got it like yeah i i felt like I was like, oh, man, I've never been so red in a movie theater in my life. I was like, oh, I don't want to be here right now. Like, I should have <laughs> just rented this. <laughs> oh. And then, so getting back to the next track is the yeah. Rockin' the Free World, Electric. Yep. Which is sloppy. <laughs> it's That's a sloppy, case. drunken mess. It's great. Uh, how old was Neil when he put out this album? He was still, he was old. I think he was in his forties. I think he was like in his mid, early mid forties, right? I think so. I mean, for that a guy, makes
0: that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, for a guy who uh, in his mid, you know, really to reinvent himself in this way with rock, and you know, just hit it. I mean, again, it's not a rock album, but just the stuff he was doing sonically. Yeah. like again you know like again the explosions and just like like the amp and like the noise and the um uh and 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 the and the feedback and everything that he's doing in some of these songs that no one else like I don't think if anyone else had done like don't cry would have thought to use the kind of feedback in yeah. a way that he did
0: yeah it feels like he was he had a lot of like ideas pent up and then he just unleashed it on this album like where probably with Geffen, he didn't have that, so.
1: And on paper, on paper, let's, this this doesn't work. <laughs> no, yeah, on paper, none of this. On paper, almost all of Neil Young's shit doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if you're an aspiring artist and you're listening uh, to this this podcast, don't use this as the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> it will probably not work out in your favor.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you never, It yeah, it depends on what you want. Out of music that you're making if you want fame and fortune yeah this isn't it if you want <laughs> if you want to be creatively fulfilled then maybe yeah go, maybe go with your you instincts go <laughs> Goddamn it is Canadian. it's inspiring he's doing all these different things and he's taking chances and you know he pulled he's pulling it off
1: yeah he did and he did and he he really 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 did like it's 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 fantastic um so yeah overall i i love this album I I, do. I I do. I do. I love this album. Um, I'm really glad you picked it. Um, You know, I think we both knew. I I mean, Would you recommend it, Joe? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're only the reception was really well for it too, because it was like back, back to form basically. Mm -hmm. So it got glowing reviews, but yeah, I would, I would definitely check. I would say check it out. I just, it's so, Weird and diverse, and you get all sorts of different kinds of music on it. That I, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah, and you know, kudos to because I think he went back to reprise for this one, didn't he? Yep, yep, has been he went back to his old. Yeah, he went back to his old label and, and kudos, knocked it out of the park. I was gonna say kudos to his label for letting him do something like this because, again, on paper, this doesn't make sense. On paper, the per, like the producer sitting in the back's going, "Holy fuck." This guy's off the rails.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're gonna cover on Broadway. <laughs> you yeah. has got people like like Geffen would have pulled his hair out, like would have like from this. I think if he had let Neil do this, like this never would have happened under Geffen. So the fact that Reprise was like, do you do you Neil? And we're just gonna sit back and collect the check <laughs> was brilliant on their part.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of labels did that. But no, with reprised kudos, they they let him run wild,
1: which is the best Neil Young you can get yep. it's, Yeah, is just an unfiltered, uh, unadulterated Neil being Neil, because uh, you're going to get gold out of it in some way, shape or form. And by God, did they get gold out of this. I mean, <laughs> rocket on the free world. Uh, I mean, none of the other tracks really got radio play. Um, or get continued radio, radio play, but "Rocket yep. in the Free World" is still played on modern radio. Not even old hits; it's played on modern radio still. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, goddamn, Joe, I'm so glad you picked this album. <laughs> I am too. It was good. That was a good one. It was a great one. Um, so, what do you guys got going on at the Joe Down?
0: We just did uh, Cannibal the Musical,
1: which is mm-hmm. you know,
0: a bunch of, a of an of a film.
1: So um, I love it like a baked potato.
0: Yeah. 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 And then up to actually got predator Two. Oh, God damn it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Go
0: back into the muck.
1: Yeah. You're getting in the muck with that one. You know, uh, how do you come off of what was predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger and in the jungle? Like, no, does someone just say jungle? Like I, I'm just picturing like someone in the room going predator jungle, jungle, Jungle trees, urban junk urban jungle. We're gonna yeah. do it in the urban jungle. Well, and we're probably gonna- listening to "Welcome to the Jungle" by Guns <laughs> and Roses. Like, yeah, this is a jungle too. And it's like the most ridiculous future ever, too. It's like fucking like it makes um uh fucking Demolition Man look normal. <laughs> 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 like it's like apocalyptic, like ridiculous times. Like oh my god, Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck, you're in for for a treat with that one. Because uh, I, I, I just watched it recently because I couldn't sleep one night. <laughs> so I was like, Predator 2, that will knock me out. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. You um, just <laughs> I just age watched it. I kind of blood pressure
0: rising.
1: I kind of did, honestly. I was like, oh fuck, this is worse than I remember. You know, I- I'm like, God, you know, is this one? How could anything be worse than the Adrian Brody one? But god damn it.
0: <laughs> god damn it. It kind of is. <laughs> the last one they did too was really bad.
1: The Predator? I didn't see it yet because it hasn't been on streaming yet and I wasn't gonna pay money for it. Is it bad? I didn't care for it. Ah, motherfucker. Oh, God. It's such uh, a simple premise. How do you fuck up Predator? How do you fuck up Predator? Too much,
0: uh, nods and winks and jokes. Shane Black did it. Like, he's hitting this with me. So. Uh, God damn it. Yeah. I like his The Nice Guys. That was good. But then, like, he kind of put that kind of vibe into this Predator movie, and it doesn't really work.
1: Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I hear they're doing a prequel. Um, no, let's just stop. Let's just stop. Well,
0: shit. we don't need it. We don't need the cinematic universe of the fucking predator. Yeah, no, they we're are. Just, it's well, they, premise, bunch, bunch of army guys in the jungle get hunt, hunted by an alien.
1: We don't need more. Well, we're going to get it. Uh, it's called prey. Um, just so you know, it's called prey. <laughs> And it's set, uh, I believe, in the eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, it's set like in the eighteen hundreds, and it's gonna be about because you know, because of course, in Predator Two, which we have to fucking take as canon, um, you know, they had all those different things, and he got the gun from. Remember, he got the gun from the eighteen hundreds um, at the end of that movie. If you don't remember, spoiler, he gets a fucking gun um, from like uh, from like the old west. Well, we're gonna basically see that shit. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy. So that's what you guys can do. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. So, yeah. On my end, I gotta. We got. We're behind again on podcasts. That's on me, and my schedule's just kind of hectic right now. So it will get done. I, I will get it done this weekend. I know I said that the last couple podcasts, but it will get done this weekend, so expect to, when you guys hear this part, you got loaded with, like, five fucking podcasts, so you're welcome. <laughs> um, So, yeah, that's, that's where we're at, Joe. Oh, what's your next pick, Paul? Oh, well, next time on What Music White People Like, um, oh, we're going <laughs> to do Snow Patrol Wildness. Wild. yes Uh, it's a bunch of white guys (laughs) so are you familiar with snow patrol at all
0: no but they're all a bunch of boring looking white dudes (laughs) this is gonna
1: be (laughs) lindsey buckingham all over again it's a northern irish scottish band this is the band that when um they first came out um, said that made um, people equate it to Snow Patrol makes Coldplay seem hard rock. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Your I'll crippling use- addiction is really
0: <laughs> destroying my
1: life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Music that white people like. Um, yeah, no, we're going to kind of get into it. Um, they had a big hit um, with with their album, um, Wide um, Eyes Open. Um, I believe that was the big one. Um, and then, um, there's some things in there. Yeah. Then they did a hundred million sons. Uh, you probably heard the song chasing cars. If you've heard it, you just don't know you heard it. Um, and then, um, I will kind of get into what happened, um, with the band. And then what we're going to get with wildness, um, is the, um, it's supposed to come out much sooner than it did. Um, And this is kind of like their return to doing music again. Um, And this came out in 2018.
0: Yep. A band returns that I've never even heard of. (laughs) I worked in a record store for 10 years never fucking heard of this. (laughs)
1: never heard of Snow Patrol? Dude, they were, yeah, they were everywhere for a while. This was a... Man, they
0: were big in Germany, Paul. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm saying, dude, Chasing Cars and a couple of their other songs, man, those were panty dropper songs, man. Those were, like, it was, like, girls swooned over this shit, man. Yeah, like, their songs, Chasing Cars, Run, Open Your Eyes. Oh, yeah, they had a big big kind of following there and it was like like girl like this was like like the Beatles like girls were in love with this band and oh my god I love snow patrol yeah I dated like I probably know it because I dated a bunch of girls that were in the snow patrol is probably why I know this band
0: <laughs> wow. you dated a lot of girls with
1: 10 years <laughs> well you know I mean to give it to give it credit I mean they do have an association with uh, Bell and Sebastian so there you go All right. (laughs) Oh, you're not a balanced Sebastian fan either, are you? More music white people like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I have my limits, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) And I push those. You give me freedom, I give you wildness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really intrigued to see what you're going to think about this album. Um, So.
0: That's <laughs> I looked, a, looked at a picture of him and I just man I don't think I've hated life this much. <laughs> would, a bunch of boring white guys with ears. Fuck, okay, they I, looked like God. What's that? What, Coldplay <laughs> looks like Coldplay and fucking Mumford and Sons. And fucking
1: this is this this was around the time Mumford and Sons was a big deal as well. Snow Patrol. Was out there with like it was um it was Snow Patrol um Cities ninety seven you remember Cities ninety seven yeah unfortunately <laughs> okay so before they before they tried to compete with like pop radio they were playing like Snow Patrol um Interpol uh, Mumford and Sons all those kind of bands around that time yeah like that was like what that's yes. Yes, yeah, Cities '97 was like notorious for for bands like that. Um, yeah, Interpol, um, Placebo, Snow Patrol, Mumford and Sons, that type of thing. Yep, yep. So yeah, I, I'm really, really intrigued to see what you think of this. I'm, I'm excited, honestly. <laughs> honestly. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I. I for whatever reason, and I'm when let, tell me when you listen to the album, don't tell me what you think, message me when you listen to it the first time, because I'm going to send you a music, a video of one of the songs off this album that had me rolling.
0: <laughs> I, I don't want to watch a music video, so you're not getting that message from me. <laughs> you just guaranteed that's not going to happen.
1: Well, the reason why I want you to see it is because when you look at the music video and you look at the song, there's a there's there's a disconnect there of what the band's doing and what's being played musically. <laughs> like, it's... It, I remember when that video came out and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, these guys are rocking and this is not a rocking song. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh... The things we do for our audience, buddy. I guess. (laughs) Hey, Joe, do you want to take us out? (laughs) Oh, man.